Welcome to the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. I am your host, Arthur Yan, co-founder and CEO of Nest Protection Plan. We partner with restorers, contractors, real estate professionals, and other entrepreneurs to increase their revenue, grow their business valuation, and help them build a platform of services for homeowners across the country. We think every American family and property owner deserves peace of mind for their health, indoor living, and longevity, all for less than a dollar a day. Also, I love forming relationships. Add me on Facebook or LinkedIn today and let's connect. Oh, and stick around to the end of this episode. We'll reveal how you or someone you know can be our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Here we go. Hey, what is going on, everybody? Hope you're having a fantastic week. Hope things are going well. I want to thank you for joining us. This is the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. This is episode number 51. And uh, we are moving right along, man. We, this has been a great uh, year. We're mo- we're actually in 2024, and we're excited. We've got a guest who is going to bring a lot of helpful information, a lot of expertise to this sector, to the home service world and small businesses. Um, so let's get in. We're going to introduce him. He is the CEO. He's the founder of Core Matters. Uh, he's based out of currently based out of Nashville, Tennessee. He is Ryan England. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm fantastic, Arthur. Thank you um, for the introduction and thank you for having me today. Oh man, well, thank you for being on. It's my pleasure, and I'm um, I'm excited. This is going to be something that is going to really be informative for so many people. So let's jump in. Let's let's talk a little bit about Core Matters. What it is that you're doing. Uh, obviously you're helping hiring and retain talent, but I want you to, on your terms, describe what it is you're doing. How'd you get into this to begin with? Yeah. So, um, we're on a mission to, uh, just make the trades cool again, make being a field technician, just something that's cool. Make being a construction worker, something that people are like, yeah, that's a great profession. I think over the last couple of decades, we've lost sight of how cool these jobs are and the impact that we have on not only lifestyle, but the communities in which we live. And I just, I really want to make people wake up and go, Hey, I want to be a plumber. I want to be, you know, a mold remediation specialist. I want to be an iron worker again. Like we just, we lost that. And so I just want to see that happen again. Uh, Hopefully it happens in my lifetime, but uh, if not, I definitely want to be a catalyst for that change. Awesome. Well, and you're obviously doing that. You're you're making changes, making waves in the whole, you know, talent acquisition process. Um, let talk about a little bit about what do you what do you see that's uh that's coming into the process that or you know, what are some of the shifts that are happening right now in the way that people are hiring? Well, I think the the problem when we look specifically at uh, home services, field services, because I know that's your audience. When we look at that group, uh, they haven't changed, but the world has changed around them. If we look at the last 20 years, think about the things that have happened in the last 20 years. There's been an enhanced effort to push kids to college, get them away from the trades. There has been the invention of the internet, <laughs> the cell phone, Facebook and social media, all that stuff is brand new in the last 20 years. I mean, think about how much the world has changed. Yet in the home services space, 
We recruit the way we've always recruited. We treat people the way we've always treated them. We've, we've turned a blind eye and said, oh, people are still going to want these cool jobs because I think they're cool. And what happened is I think that as we saw this shift towards knowledge work, right? Like it's cool now to go work for Facebook or Google or Apple. Like it's cool to do that. Um, as we saw a shift towards knowledge work, we saw an entire generation of people turn their backs on the trades and say, yeah, that's not for me. I'd rather go sit at a computer where I have the freedom of flexible schedule or I have the freedom to work closely with my friends or I don't have to do manual labor or as some people say, I don't have to be a smelly plumber. Right? Um, and, and I think that because the world has changed and we as an industry have not changed, that's what's hurting us right now. Yeah. Well, and what, what are some ways right now with, you know, with the kind of preconceived notions about just the home service industry with the way that, like you mentioned, um, different kinds of opportunities, different types of uh, ways to, you know, to work or to, you know, grow yourself as an employee. What, what are some of the ways that home service businesses and owners in this realm can start to or, or look at attracting those really rock star employees? I think that's a term that you've used. How, yeah. how can they attract those types of employees? Well, the first thing we could do, and this is an industry thing, let's stop making fun of our competition to elevate ourselves. Let's stop telling people, oh, we're the smell good plumber or we're on time or it's free. Like, let's stop implying that people in the industry don't care about their businesses and don't care about their customers. Because if you look at these taglines, I'd say probably one out of two taglines that are out there are a knock at the competition versus saying I'm better. It's a knock at the competition. And so what are we putting in the consumer's mind? The industry is a problem. Let's stop doing that first. <laughs> let's everybody get on board with that. Let's let's change all our taglines. Let's stop knocking the competition because all we're doing is hurting ourselves because we're telling people, hey, the industry is a problem. Uh, you stop being okay with the fact that customers are like, oh yeah, it's okay if you're not going to make it. I'm used to contractors not showing up. Like we're not supposed to hear that stuff. Like stop being okay with what you think is status quo because what it's doing is it's telling consumers these are industries that don't care about customers. They don't care about their people. They don't care about the industry. They don't care about their perception. That's what we're telling them without telling them that. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Yeah. It does make sense. And uh, on a previous show, I was talking with someone too about how a lot of people in the home service world you know, whether they admit it or not, they kind of, you know, they look at other companies as competitors or they look at somebody like they're doing something different. You know, is that a threat? Is that, you know, is that they're they're improving a, a way of doing something? Why why would that negatively impact, you know, another owner? But a lot of people think that way. And in in turn, I think, you know, you and I probably share this philosophy. You know, if you're there, everybody can succeed. I mean, there's opportunities for everybody everywhere. So if people are, if people are changing the way that they're running, you know, their business for the better, like don't view it as like you said, I mean, they're the smelly guys. We're the, we're the fragrant smelling, you know, good smelling <laughs> guys. I mean, you know, share, share ideas. I mean, yeah, maybe if the guy's on your block, you're going to have a little competitive thing going, but 
I mean, if you're in Nashville, somebody's in Atlanta, somebody's in Phoenix, somebody's in Denver. Um, I mean, you should be helping each other innovate and grow. If you're a plumber, if you're a heating and air guy, if you're a restorer. Uh, and so, you know, I think if that trend can, can catch fire, that that's going to be what helps the, the home service business world. There, too. There's no shortage of contract work out there. There's no shortage of it. In fact, I know a lot of people that have put off home service repairs, not because they don't want to do it anymore, but because they are tired of dealing with contractors who have low integrity, who don't follow through on their commitments, who are okay ghosting them. They're tired of it. So they're just like, you know what? That's not that important. It's not going to burn the house down. And so I'm just going to let it go. There's no shortage of work out there, but we have to understand that you have to be you have to just have some integrity. Like the bar is really low for you to be a standout contractor right now. And the bar is really low for you to be a standout contractor that needs to hire good people because mm -hmm. so many companies are treating people like garbage right now. I mean, think about the pandemic. We had essential and non-essential workers. <laughs> Luckily, most home service contractors were essential, right? Because everybody was working from home. But Think about all of the people that got ramped up and hired into the pandemic that are now being laid off because that company didn't know how to actually market and promote themselves. And there's a lot of guys out there that are sitting here going, I don't know if I'm going to have enough work next week. And they're starting to think, should I go somewhere else? But if you're a contractor out there and you're not promoting the fact that you have steady work or year round work, especially if you're in some of these different climates, there are some companies that you're up in the Northeast, you're kind of slowing things down during the winter. Uh, but I've also met a lot of companies that says, no, we've learned how to keep our guys employed year round. They don't yeah. have to go uh, collect unemployment or go get a part-time job somewhere else. We figure out how to keep them employed year round, but you know what? They're not bragging about it. Nobody's talking about these things. And so nobody knows. So these, comp these, con these technicians that are looking for a better company to work for, they don't know you exist. So that's the next thing is make sure that if you are different, if you are doing something different, put it out there. Shout yeah. from the mountaintops how different you are. People want different right now. They are tired of the same old, same old. And if you're competing on pay, if you're competing on benefits, if you're competing on on-call or overtime or those sorts of things, stop it. There are so many better things to compete on that will actually drive the kind of results you're looking for. Yeah, wow. And that, those are fantastic points. Um, and I wanted to ask you this too. So what is one or maybe maybe two one or two really really strong characteristics that a company should have or or just even the owner of the company but but probably the company in general should have to really attract those job seekers the ones that they want to attract you know what what are job seekers looking for yeah well put yourself in the shoes of the job seeker you've probably heard this phrase before people don't leave jobs they leave People. Bosses. <laughs> really? Bosses. Yeah. So if we know, if we believe that, which I believe that people leave bosses. I mean, if I'm a, if I'm an electrician and I start looking for jobs as an electrician, I didn't leave the job. I didn't leave the industry. I left the boss. If we know that to be true, then why are our job ads, our job postings, when we're talking to people, we're talking about hiring an electrician that does X, Y, and Z and is paid A, B, and C. Why do we do that? If we know that the reason they left or the reason they started looking was they were looking for a new boss. 
why don't we start talking about what kind of leadership style we have, what kind of culture we have, what kind of community we're creating within our group, what we're doing to serve the community, what's our higher purpose? Like what, people want purpose. They want to get out of bed in the morning and feel like they're doing more than just earning a paycheck right now. Let's talk about those things. And if you don't, if you aren't able to talk about those things, I challenge you to get really clear on those things. Why do you do what you do? Why is it that you lead the way you lead? Start asking yourself why. Simon said it before, nobody cares what you do until they care why you do it, right? Yeah. So let's get really clear on why you're doing what you're doing. There are so many easier ways to make money in this world than being a home services contractor, <laughs> right? Um, but you chose this one. You're passionate about it. You, you probably grew up in the industry and then started your own company. That's what we see for a lot of people. Why? Start yeah. sharing that and that will help you attract better people. Wow. And that that's phenomenal. That's a, that's a really core way and to use, to borrow your term too, right? Core matters. That's yeah. a core way for people to really dig down into it and, and understand. Like, I mean, we, we talked about this too on a previous episode, you know, some guys are leaving a job and their only motivation is because they just, they didn't like the boss or they didn't like, you know, something about the job. And so uh, they're saying, I'm going to go start something on my own, but mm -hmm. you have done, you've done nothing, not only to build the foundational pieces, but you're also being propelled for the wrong reasons. You should be pulled, you know, for a desire to, you know, to help people if you break out on your own. But a lot of these guys may have not even, wanted to really go out on their own if they had had a better culture in, in where they were. So, um, and I wanted to, to ask you this too, um, what are, because there are a lot of really just misconceptions on attracting talent, retaining long-term talent in, in particular in the home service world, um, what are some, what is a myth or what are some of those myths or misconceptions? Um, are you seeing that people just don't understand that it's not all about compensation? Well, that's definitely a myth is that people are motivated by money. Uh, nine to 12% of people will leave a job for more money. That's it. 90% of the people that leave, leave for a reason other than money. And, and the reality is, is looking for work is one of life's most stressful events. So most people don't choose to put themselves into that stress and that uncertainty and that, oh my gosh, I hope the grass is greener. Or I hope I can go tell my wife that I'm finally going to quit. Like nobody chooses that unless the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. And so uh, that, that is a myth that, that people leave for money or that people only want more money. Another myth is that there's a labor shortage. There's no labor shortage. There's a shortage of people willing to put up with your crappy job. I'm just going to put it out there. Like I, I don't pull punches. If you're not investing in your people, if you're not training them, if you're not offering them a path to greater success in their personal life, yeah, you're going to have to pay them more money because that's the only way for them to offset what they really want. And, and the reason I say there's no labor shortage is there are people that want these jobs. You would be hard pressed to find a contractor. You'd be hard pressed to find a contractor that says, you know what? I'm going to issue the exact same number of W-2s this year as I have people on my team. Most of them are going to say, oh no, we're going to do about double the W-2s. You know, if I got 40 employees, I'm probably going to issue 80 W-2s. Well, that doesn't sound to me like a hiring problem. 
And it doesn't sound to me like there are, aren't enough people out there that want to do the work. The problem is, is you have a retention problem because people's expectations aren't being met when they come work with you. So we're not setting proper expectations. I would say that the majority of people that, I mean, the ones that I talk to, you guys have amazing businesses. You're amazing leaders. You have an amazing, really heartfelt, compelling vision for the company and what you do with your people. The problem is you're not a marketer. <laughs> you're, you're usually a contractor or a technician at heart. You're not a marketer. You don't know how to tell the story. You don't know how to share this stuff. And so what happens is people come in saying, oh my gosh, you can give me more. And then their expectations aren't met and they're disappointed because they believed one thing, but got another. And so there's, it's a myth that there's a labor shortage. I, I don't believe at all that there's a labor shortage. I think that we have a problem with employers and employees seeing eye to eye and meeting expectations. That's the problem. So wow. we have a bigger retention problem than we have a recruiting problem. Okay. And that, and that I think is, uh, makes perfect sense. And, you know, people probably are recognizing that, acknowledging that a little bit more as we we're going along, because I've heard it so often that, like you said, people are leaving. Um, mm. They're getting applicants in the door, uh, but they're, you know, th that's another point. They're not always getting the ones they want, but yeah. what do you, what do you suggest? I, I know that you, you also specialize and touch on this a lot where you, you have, um, you have good advice behind being able to bring applicants in without having to use, you know, indeed.com and, you know, websites and stuff. So how exactly, what are some good ways that the business owners can do that? Yeah. Well, let me, let me explain something real quick and then I'll get into a couple ideas. So two types of job seekers out there, active job seekers and passive job seekers, active job seekers, about three to 5% of the job market. Those are the people that are actively looking for work. They got a new resume. They're, they're brushing up on their interviewing skills. They're applying for jobs. They're on Indeed. They're actively looking for work. They get off work. They go actively look. Or they're unemployed. They go actively look. Three to 5%. A full 70% of the job market is passively looking for work. Passive job seekers, uh, they're content. It's status quo. Things aren't so bad that they're willing to go through one of life's most stressful events. Right? Like there it is like, I'm not ready to do it. But if the right opportunity presents itself, if the right company gets in front of them, if they see an ad or get a phone call from a friend that says, hey, I think there's a better opportunity for you here, they're going to perk up and they're going to pursue it. Now, what's cool about passive job seekers is you're usually not competing with a lot of other employers because they're not applying elsewhere. An active job seeker, the average active job seeker applies for 20 jobs in the first week of looking, 20. And then it goes to one a week until they land something. Well, that means that if you call somebody in their first week, you're competing against 19 other companies. Whereas a passive job seeker, when it's a referral from an employee, let's say, they're not talking to anybody else. You're only competing against their current job. That's it. And if they were open to talking to you, it's probably pretty easy to close them. So, uh, and in that, you know, just keep in mind that that means 70% of your people are passively looking for work too. <laughs> keep that in mind. But, you know, passive job seekers, what is someone, why does someone passively look for work? Uh, it's not because of money, right? They don't need more money. Otherwise they'd be actively looking. 
Uh, it's usually not because of benefits, because if they needed health benefits or more paid time off, they'd be actively looking. It's usually because either an expectation's not being met, got passed over for a promotion, boss decided he wasn't going to pay for that training program, boss isn't letting me take my vacation time, expectations not being met, or or there's just a conflict. There's just it's not healthy. Uh, the relationship they have with their team or with their boss. So if you know those are the two reasons, expectations not being met and a conflict of values misalignment is what I call it. Well, let's start putting out there what our value system is, what our people are like. Let's set proper expectations and be public about it. Share it on social media, share it with your friends, share it with your community groups, teach your employees, coach your employees on how to have these conversations. And that will make attracting passive recruiters so much easier. Wow. And that that's great, great insight. And, you know, I think what is the saying? Train your um, train your employees like you like they're equipped to leave the organization, but treat them so they won't ever want to. Right. Yeah. And yeah. and I think that's just a, a fantastic philosophy that I think, you know, some some people are, are, are starting to evolve. I, I know a lot of people in the industry, business owners that are evolving in good ways. They're looking, they're seeking out experts like you seeking out, you know, whether it's business coaching as well, and they're trying to make those efforts, but the other ones, you know, Hey, there's a reason, there's a reason things are struggling. A lot of times it all stems back to, you know, how are you treating the employees? How are you uh, attracting and retaining? How are you, and how is your culture? So, well, and um, I wanted to jump in Ryan or, or not really jump in if you, but tell us a little bit, about your podcast, because I know you said uh, you're getting cranked up with a new one. Can you share us the name of the with share with us the name of the podcast where people can find it? Yeah, so uh, the the name of the podcast is Titans of the Trades, and we interview industry veterans, people that have been making it happen, uh, people that have really become a powerhouse in the industry, and they're able to offer real practical advice on how to accomplish some of the things they've accomplished because they've been there, they've done it, they've climbed the mountaintop. So it's not theory, it's here's how we did it. Uh, and so that is, uh, that's a new podcast. I mean, I'm super excited. 2024 is going to be a great year for that. Uh, also, if you don't mind, I'd love to talk about my new book that just came out. Absolutely. I wish you would. <laughs> yeah. So I got a brand new book just came out a couple months ago called Hire Better People Faster. And uh, if anybody is struggling with attracting or retaining employees, it is a breakdown of our entire system. So everything that we do when we work with our clients is in that book. You can go do it all yourself. I peeled back the, the curtain and said, here's everything you need to know. Uh, everything from attracting and hiring people to retaining them long-term, uh, promoting them and, and making sure that they are super engaged so that you don't have to feel like you're beholden to a labor shortage or an industry where no one wants to work anymore. Yeah. Well, that's great. And so it, the book is available on Amazon and yeah, everywhere. Everyone. Yeah. In fact, uh, if, uh, if people are interested, I've got a, uh, they can get a free copy from me uh, if they go to corematters.com slash free book. Uh, they can go there. Um, I charge a, a small shipping and handling fee, but other than that, I'd be happy to send a copy of the book to anybody that's listening that would like a, like to read it. 
Awesome. I think that's uh, something that I'm going to jump on. I think everybody else should jump on that. I think that'll be a very interesting read. Um, well, great. And so uh, what, are, what are some plans? What are some things in the future? Not just for uh, the hiring, you know, philosophies and and I guess just the industry, but and you, what what do you have planned for the next five to ten years with the business with Core Matters? Yeah, so you know we're starting to look at. So I, I wrote the book on developing the process. So I'm a process guy, data driven. Love knowing that people have a process that we can evaluate. But here's what I'm finding is that when we build the process. That's great for the office side of the business, right? Like we've got a recruiting process. We're able to hire them, interview them, all of that. But what we're finding is that rubber really meets the road is in the field. And I don't see a lot of people having the bandwidth or the capacity to actually coach the field on how to be a better supervisor, on how to be a better mentor, on how to be a better trainer. And so what we're looking to do over the next 12 to 24 months is develop programs for the field so that we can start coaching and training your field supervisors so they can be better bosses as well. Awesome. I think that's a fantastic uh, thing to look forward to. And Ryan, I mean, this has been great. I really, really appreciate you being on the show. I always like to end it with something kind of fun. So you told me you grew up in Arizona. Um and you had obviously, you know, you came across mold issues in Arizona, but uh, but was was it fun growing up in the heat like that in the dry heat, or is that something that uh, you're happy to get away from? You know, I think people just like to talk about the weather and the heat and everything else. <laughs> now that I've moved to a wet heat state, um, but you know what, um, the weather in Phoenix isn't too bad. And after growing up there, 125 or 105, it's all the same. Like it's just hot. Yeah. Uh, but I will tell you that uh, having spent a summer out here in the South, I I would take the wet heat over the dry heat, uh, really? especially okay. that, as hot as Phoenix is because. I don't have to worry about burning, literally burning myself (laughs) out here. So, um, but yeah, I did enjoy it. The, as I got older though, and the kids got older, we enjoy spending time outdoors and uh, it's very crowded in Phoenix and there's not a lot of water and we love fishing. We love hiking. We love doing that. So uh, we wanted to move a place that's a little bit closer and conducive to that. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, I think you found a good spot for it. Probably not the best for uh, outdoor water recreation activities back yeah. back in arizona so well ryan man it's been a great pleasure uh, um we really appreciate everything that you shared uh definitely make sure you go to his website uh corematters.com go to corematters.com slash free book to get a copy of hire uh hire better people faster which is also ryan's book um he has his podcast and he is the ceo the founder of core matters so Definitely get in touch with Ryan, read his book, find out how many different ways that you can re, uh, re-approach and reevaluate how you're attracting talent, retaining talent. It's something that is essential to the home service business world. So Ryan, thanks again, man. It's been an honor. Thank you, Arthur. All right. Well, and this has been another episode. This has been the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. Uh, we appreciate everybody listening. We will see you all next time. Have a great week. Arthur Yon here. Thank you so much for listening to the Home Service Small Business Spotlight. If you are a successful restorer, contractor, or home service provider who would like to be on this program, please visit jointhenestteam.com slash go. 
If you got something out of this interview, would you also share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the social. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag HSSB Spotlight. I love seeing your posts, love seeing your guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and your reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, jointhenestteam.com slash go, or follow me on LinkedIn and Facebook. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next time.